You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Are we becoming this old now where we're seeing remakes of remakes of remakes? We're talking about Smile today, but this really hit home with Ring and Grudge. Right, Eric? How the hell are you doing today? You could compare this to a lot of different movies, and I don't know if it's just that we're that age or if this was inevitable, right, where we're we're so far along into into a time, into a media where everything's just rippling, and right. you can't help but compare it to something else. And it's hard because, well, then what what would be original then? What would be new when everything's been done? Right. Uh I don't know, I enjoyed this one, and yeah, I, I could see a, a lot of takes from a lot of different movies in this one, and as still, as it's happening, I'm still kind of digging it. You know what this reminded me of? A lot of, and someone pointed this out on, online, but a lot of um, the movies that uh, were in like the early 2000s, late 90s, where it was a yeah. lot of like the ghost horror ones. Yeah, like Darkness Falls came to mind. Uh, yeah, where there was a huge success of The Ring and everything tried to be like The Ring and tried to be um, like there's this evil entity spirit that is chasing you, terrorizing you, tormenting you for a period of time, you know, right. or in a place or whatever the, the haunting of of it was. Uh, and it seemed like a lot of it was that, you know, the, the ancient curse of the house was awakened when she moved back. Right. Um, I will I will say, because I'm not going to spoil the ending, I, I don't like where the movie goes. Uh, I, it, left me, it, it left with a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, but kind of my theater experience, uh, I got a chance to uh, see this at the first 12 o'clock showing on Tuesday. And uh, myself and six other co-workers were there. And it was a private screening. No other people were there. So we had a good time. And I was able to bust my phone out and take notes and look up history about this film and the director. Uh, this is the director's first film. Uh, you know, um, by the way, as, as you say that, uh, just in that we had the same people in our theater, it was not empty, but the people still felt the need to take out their phones and check their Instagram profiles for the majority of the film. Um, right. A lot right. Of, it was a younger and just more of a um, simpler crowd. I think that's a pretty good way of putting that. I wish this movie would have came out uh, pre-COVID, because I just think... I think this thing would have done ring numbers. I think this thing would have gotten huge buzz, honestly. I mean, because, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know where it's at right now with number-wise, but it's like box office, not what it used to be. But Let's check. I, yeah, because I, I really, really feel like if this came out pre-COVID, this thing would be everywhere because people would be going to see this in droves. Well, you know what does a movie good is is talk and this shared the weekend with uh with bros which had a diff- disappointing weekend and makeup when in throughout this entire post covid era a lot of directors have shared their um resentment towards the users or to the viewer um saying like oh well this is the reason why it's like no it's because they're you know Everything streaming, yes, uh, but also just like you need, there needs to be something to get people back. Like Maverick had no problem, no, you doing good numbers because people wanted that experience. That's it was a good reason for it. Right, uh, was to have a thrill ride a bit more. Um, same reason why comic book movies do so well in theaters is because they've become 
rides now. They become experiences. And when you get a, a, a good scary movie, I, I think it'll help people bring back. This will help. The, you know what I mean? People want uh, this, like the, the date night jumper, jump scare movie versus the psychological whodunit. Uh, right. In a movie, I don't want to sit through two hours of um, of an Agatha, Agatha Christie remake uh, at a movie theater, but um, sitting through you know under two hours of of a jump scare like this, right? It's going to be a lot more appealing, especially to to a younger crowd who whips out their phones halfway through the movie. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think this is that's why I said like I was saying in the theater with the coworkers, I'm like, oh, this is this is clearly this generation's ring. I mean, I can just see. The, the style. Do you do you have the numbers so we can move on? Uh, it's doing. It won the box office for this week, at least in America. Um, it's opening. It looks like it's at twenty two million. I mean, it's, it's is that considered good nowadays? Uh, I mean, it's decent for a movie like this. I guess it's a scary movie in October, and scary movies. I, I someone had brought up that they've been really doing really well this year, um, as far as the content. Yeah, so far it's it's uh, U.S. gross has been twenty four, almost twenty five million. Opening weekend has been twenty two. Um, I mean, it's it's not bad. Uh, let's see what the budget was. I can probably pull that up. Uh, but I mean, for I would imagine it's it, the budget's got to be under that, right? It doesn't seem like right. this was a, a huge technical movie. So I I think that's going to do well. Winning the box office for October is hard to do, especially with anything. Um, in the uh, in the six digits, right? Well, okay. So I did some research on this. I don't know if you have or people who are or, listening. You know what I mean? Like the uh, the nine yeah. digits. I mean, this is actually a remake. This is the director's first feature length film. He's made two shorts before. His last short was called Laura Can't Sleep. I think that's what it's called, and it's a ten minute short, pretty much a thesis of what this movie is. And the girl in the beginning of the movie. Um, who introduces the whole smile demon to our main character, Rose. She is the star of that one. So it's kind of cool to see her come back. Did you see the Major League Baseball promotion of this movie? So we can get into it? Say what? Did you see the Major League Baseball promotion of this? No. So they're produced? You can you know, you're talking about like during the playoffs during, right now? No, not when I was like, it was like last week. Like, it was like opening week, right? To get the hype. YouTube okay. this. Anybody who's listening, YouTube this. Just type smile movie, Major League Baseball. So, the producers of the movie made a deal with the owners of the stadiums. So, like, all the background characters, right? All like the side characters in this movie. Uh, you know how the camera guys in baseball will constantly move the camera, blah, blah. Well, the camera guys and the announcers don't know what's going on. Like, it was all like a big gimmick. And uh, they would turn the camera, and behind the third baseline is one of the characters doing the evil smile. Oh, nice. And people are like, what? why is that person smiling? And then like they would interview a baseball player like on the field, and then there would be another one of those characters behind the baseball players doing the evil smile. You know, I'm just like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> that's so smart. That some good promo. Right. <laughs> it works. I'll have to look that up after. It's really fun. So, Smile, um, a movie, Eric, that you have been hyping over for over a month. You're like, Jordan, you always do the schedule, but we're doing Smile, big guy. I'm like, all right, I don't really want to see it. And then I sh and then I saw the trailer, because the title's stupid. And uh, I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, okay, this is something that should be looked into. So, yeah, we're, we are here with a new movie, finally, folks, that is in theaters. We haven't done one in a while since. Nope. So, we're here talking about Smile. Um, 
I don't want to go every little detail, right? Because this is a pretty cut and dry film, but let's go over some highlight stuff. So, because I don't know truly how I feel about it, but the movie opens up with, with, with our, our main character, Rose, and she is uh, a psychiatrist, right, in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And her, her boss is uh, Cal Penn. And, of course, I was the guy in the theater saying, shouldn't he be looking for White Castle? And, well, that, I, that probably went over real well. Well, here's the thing. Again, one more time. It was just me and my <laughs> six other coworker friends. I would, A, never do that in a crowded theater. A, I would never put my phone out in a crowded theater. It's just us. We had a private screening at 12 o'clock. I mean, so that, why it, not? it happens. We had, right. we had a, a front row chatterbox. Um, you know, you know what? This is okay. We're gonna I would digress real quick because I've seen okay. a lot of. I always prefer to see scary movies in a theater. It's sure. just the experience of having people there. It's always a thing, uh, right. more than any other, right? Um, but uh, uh, it always seems that in the and I always remember in the scary movies that I've seen, it seems like there's always one person. It always seems to be like I can always tell it's always an older person, usually probably larger. Uh, and usually female, almost always. I, I can remember it's actually just been this older kind of. You can almost tell like a mom, you know, uh-huh. like who's just kind of over it type of thing, taking the kids there or something like that. Right. And they always sit like near the front, and these are the ones that like laugh at every scary part, you know, or like with something ridiculous. Um, this is the person when when you found out it was Billy's mom in, in Scream Two who yelled out "Nah," you know, and did like that the one liner in the movie. So, like, when something scary happened here, that person would have a comment like, no way, you know. <laughs> That's funny. And, and it, it always seems to be, like, a person in the front row. It always seems to be, right. like, the same type of person. Or maybe it's just a small world, and I've been seeing what, movies with this woman for years, and I just haven't well, known about it, you know. Well, because they're drinking a lot of Diet Coke, and they have to go potty a lot. So, uh, Cal Penn is the boss. <laughs> That's funny. Cal Penn is the boss, and this woman... Uh, this this younger college age girl gets carted in screaming, wailing, right? And um, she's freaking out, right? And she said that she saw her professor hit himself with the head with the hammer. And um, this entity, it like wears people's faces and it just smiles at her constantly, driving her nuts. And Rose, the main girl's like, hey, um, you know, maybe you are crazy. You know, she's like, no, I'm not. I'm studying to be a doctor or whatever. And then all of a sudden it happens, right? She, she looks up. Rose can't see it, but the, but the, but the college girl can. Mm-hmm. She freaks out. She screams. Doesn't look like she dies horribly. We'll see later what it actually looks like. But from the, what we're viewing, it looks like she just kind of dies of a heart attack kind of a thing, right? It's not like she, you know. She contorts and just seems kind she of. She contorts, but she doesn't, it doesn't look like, you know, things are breaking. It doesn't look painful like this movie will portray later. And then, you know, main girl Rose goes to the red phone. Hey, I need help. Turns around. And then, boom, girl standing there with that awesome smile on her face and cuts Joker style down to the throat dead. The reason why I told this in detail is because I think this this opening got me hook, line, and sinker. Like, it was – I – Knowing the trailers, reading up about what was going on, not spoiling myself, so I didn't I didn't do a plot spoiler, but um, just knowing what to expect, I was digging this. What did you think of this opening? I guess kill. This I was guess. before the title card right. comes up too, which we can talk about that as another thing too. Right. Um, uh, it, it's a lot like things are coming at you 
pretty fast. I, I, I think it was a good way to, to build it. I like it. Um, the girl who played Laura, uh, who was in the first one, I think she did a great job. It That yeah. was on her to set the pace of the movie, and I think she did a great job of that. you gotta, you got to have a good freak out. you got to have a good scream. Um, yeah, I, 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 I was about it. You know, they kind of set the... Uh, the thing with uh, Rose, yeah, they they open the movie with trauma, by the way, too, right? Then they they show right. the mom in the bed. Um. So yeah, like you know, it's uh, all right. I, I'm in it, but the other part that you notice at this too is that um, the sound uh, starts to to really play a role in this movie, and uh, as it increases after this, or I'm sorry, as it goes on after this, the sound increases to just get more and more. I don't know. What's the word? Um, Disjointed? Yeah. I mean, like, it really, like, kind of puts you on edge a bit. Right. Because they really play with a lot of different sound in, in this. And so I think that's a part of it, too, is that it torments you. Is because um, later on, they they cut a lot of the sound. And so it's almost like you're, you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, what happened to that? Um, I'm listening for it. And then it kind of, it, it was it was a good detail. And I liked that, too. And they had a lot of uh, overhead shots that they would uh, do as well too. This one as before they get in the hospital and they show Laura being carted in, um, which is a pretty cool way of, of showing that, you know, I, I, I did like, like that little detail. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm interested to, to see it. I, the, the trailer is the one that, that got me in this, you know, like yeah. I, I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, it seems, seems like we're good. seems like we're good. And then, um, yeah, uh, everything about it was just great. That smile was creepy. Um, yeah, that was good. That was a good smile. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. Um, I I sent you a text uh, towards the end of my movie experience, and I said you can tell this is a director's first like feature film. The shot choices that he did was bad. The editing in this movie is is subpar. Oh, oh and yeah. You like you like the fact that you got the bird's eye view of the camera of you seeing what Laura you said getting carted in, right? Mm -hmm. I don't. And and the shots of the bird's eye view following the car and the camera goes upside down. Like there's no reason for these shots. Oh, I, I'll say um, I agree with you completely. I only liked the detail of in that overhead. They included the detail of her being carted out of the ambulance and being put in. No, no, uh, I, I agree that there was and it seems very common in movies now that the right. fluffer shot, that the segue shot, that the the thing to to pass through uh, through time, is always the overhead drone shot now, and we got a lot of that in here. And the up upside down shots would happen more than once. I think it oh, yeah, two or three times. It um, was really annoying. It, it was bothersome. I understand it's supposed to create kind of uneasiness, but it just got me dizzy. Um, yeah. It's just kind of like, all right, well, this seems just delayed it seems like you're you're kind of you know what i mean like they're lingering shots it's just like if it's supposed to create tension and build like i can understand that but um i think they're already doing a good job without it well see this movie's two hours long this and and definitely my argument my 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 biggest gripe of this movie is going to be the editing and the pacing and also the story too because there's a lot of things in this that they talk about that they set up and they never pay it back mm -hmm. like let me give you an example. We're going to go over the place with this, right? But let's talk about Rose's fiance. I, I don't know his name. Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. Trevor gets introduced to us as a very nice guy. They live together. She has history. Rose does, we find out. She, we have history that her mom went crazy. She took too many pills, committed suicide. Rose didn't help her mom. She died. So 
when things start happening to Rose, Trevor's a complete jerk. And he's just like, you know, I'm going to call your therapist or whatever because it happened to your mom. I'm a jerk, right? Really kind of made me mad because I'm saying to myself in the theater, oh, the, oh my God, the boyfriend's going to get it, right? I'm like, this guy's got to get it. And he disappears halfway through the movie. We never see him again. That's that's something that we needed to fix, I feel, in editing. I uh, Yes and no. I think they've kind of established his character where he's just one to kind of when the tough, when the going get tough, uh, you know, time to leave. Yeah, but I just, I just really wish that they would have followed the kind of, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of wish they followed the status quo, right? Because in this kind of movie, if, if this was the ring or something like that, this guy would have gotten it. Um, so that's, that's kind of annoying to me on that. Uh, the upside down shots were annoying to me. Um, I don't know why Cal pins in this. It's okay. I'm not like hating on him. It's just, this is, this is a cast that's relatively unknowns besides the ex-boyfriend cop. I've seen this guy before Rose's ex-boyfriend. He's a cop in the movie. Where's this guy at? I've seen him. Uh, uh Joel is the character, Kyle right. Gallner. Um, he was in scream, the new scream. As, as Vince. Um, you and I have also seen him somewhere else, too. You and I have definitely reviewed him besides the Scream. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I don't think... Uh, he, was it he just was, Scream? I, I mean, he's... As far as I know him from, um, or that I may have recognized him from, uh, American Sniper. Um, okay, that's where I remember He's from. in a lot of TV shows. Uh, I know him from American Sniper, too. Okay, because I like that film. Yeah, so. I, I mean he's uh, he's been around. Okay, all right. So um, sorry if I'm going over the place, but I just have a lot to say, but I don't want to ruin Veronica Mars. Oh, don't talk about Veronica. my wife loves Veronica Mars. Well, she'd probably recognize him then. Yeah. Well, she didn't go. Yeah, she won't see this movie. So now all of a sudden we find out that well, Rose saw this this trauma this this woman killing herself. Rose goes home. She's kind of like. On edge, we get that. There's a lot of tropes, you know. Is something behind the refrigerator door? Is something in the shower? You know, the the standard stuff. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I like that. The movie's kind yeah. of toying with you a bit. Yeah, because you know they're not going to come out with the obvious. Anyway, uh, fiance comes home, you know, and then they have to go out to a dinner with her sister and her sister's husband, and talk about. I mean, like, they did set up something, and then you forget about it, and then they bring it back up at the end, which is they're talking about their mom's house in the middle of the woods and how it's Rose, Rose owns the property. Yeah, and um, how one wants to bulldoze and sell the property, the other one wants to keep the house. Keep the house. So we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what the house is. We don't know anything about the house. They're going to tell us in the beginning, and screenwriting 101 that they failed on is that you're supposed to remind us, the audience, about it in the middle so we keep on saying, okay, this is where the climax is going to be, and paid off at the end. They didn't do that. Um, she's being haunted now, right? She's getting she's getting strained phone calls. One of my favorite parts of the movie, Eric, is that um, she's kind of like freaking out, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, the burglar alarm goes off. She turns off the alarm. She gets a phone call. Right. And like, okay. What's your name? What's your password? And then, then the voice is like, "Are you sure nobody's behind you?" 
<laughs> I'm just like, ooh, 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 that's great, that's great, right? Yeah. Like, I, was, I was definitely into that. What do you think about that? Oh, no, no, it's good. Like, again, from from then to even to this point, um, I know we don't want to jump around too much, but the, uh, the movie does toy with you. Like, I think it's very, you know, it's almost like a James Wan thing where it's just like it knows, they know, like, enough scary movies to know what you're going to be looking for, you know, what you're drawn to, and um, how it works. You know, if you see somebody in front of a refrigerator, the door's open, or in front right. of a closet or bathroom, and the door's open, chances are you've seen enough to where when they close the door, something's going to be behind it, especially when you're branding yourself as a jump scare movie. Um, right. So it's going to be hard to kind of, uh, you know, pull off something new when people are expecting it. Kind of like the, the, um, the, the sound um, scene where Rose is uh, uh, re-listening to the session uh, with Laura. And um, she thinks she hears something. But she so, doesn't. Yeah, but she doesn't. And so, um, which was great, um, because what she was hearing is probably the whisper in the in the room rather than, ooh, right. uh, rather than the audio. But, um, you know. Who was that ghost? Was that, was that supposed to be Laura's ghost next to her? I think it was Laura's ghost, yeah. Was that what it was? So I have a question for you. Uh, what would, if if you were to get security... And they called you, and you said your name. What would your password be? No, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you that on on air. I'm here, looking no. for a joke. I'm looking for a joke. I, I was thinking about there for a moment there, just like, well, wait a minute, why would I tell my password live on air? <laughs> oh God! I would. Uh, say what, like, what's your password? Uh, my password's going to be help me. <laughs> help me. What's your password? Uh, help me. My uh, <laughs> my password. <laughs> My password is, uh, she said, let's try it. I didn't want to. Now it's stuck. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long password. What burglar would get that? I mean, that's valid. Yeah. Right, it, it's awesome. Anyway, let's talk about mustache. No, not on your face. Mustache the cat. Now, I had a couple cat lovers uh, in my coworkers with me when I saw this movie and they're like, Oh, the kitty cat, it's cute. And then I blatantly said out loud, the cat's going to get it. Oh, Sue's that Sue, she held that cat and, and was oh, affectionate. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that cat's going to die. That cat's going to die. So I, I really want to talk about this entity, this entity. I really want to talk about the history of it. I'm trying to stall a little bit, but, um, she, I mean, Laura, Laura just got, not Laura, Rose just got told by, uh, Cal Pena, I can't take a week off, you know, you can't be can't be hanging around people anymore. You can't talk to patients. Also, there's this guy who constantly is mumbling to himself um, that, you know, that he's going to die. His mom's going to die. Everybody's going to die. I think his name was well, Greg. Carl. George, Carl. You know, the guy looked like a Carl. You know, of course, she walked by his room, was in the trailer, and he's smiling, you know, like that she's, whole thing. She's getting freaked out. She's getting She's getting freaked out. She's getting tormented. And... Um, well, she stops by this window. It's like, first of all, you know that it's bullcrap because this movie, I'm assuming, takes place in modern day. She walks by like this like antique shop, I would say, and she buys like this train set. No seven-year-old boy is gonna like this train set. Like no. Like buy him a game. Buy him yeah. buy him Avenger pajamas. Yeah, you know, you you'd say that, but who who knows, man? Like kids are kids and they're gonna, you know, they'll like whatever. They you know. You're a kid. You have kids. They like they like an empty box. Well, 
<laughs> so anyway, so uh, and also too, if you notice, one of the uh, one of the people that I went to the movie with, they're like, "Hey, Jordan, really pay attention to everything going around in the background." I said, "Why?" And the guy said, "Because I've counted like twenty different smile things." Not just people, just smile something. I've noticed that too. Like uh, even with like Rose's uh, "Have a Nice Day" mug, the the smile mug right. that she has. There, there. I did start to notice it after a while that in the background there was a lot of things uh, smiling. Right. There's a lot of things that are smiling, and and she, anyway. So then she goes to her sister's uh, son's seventh birthday. And I gotta love the moms. These are my people. You know, Rose goes to the house with the present and she's like, here, talk to these women. And then these moms are like, oh my God, we'll show you where the adult beverages are. You're a therapist. We got so many questions. I'm like, I love these women. <laughs> yes. Yes. Parent, teacher, p things. I love it. PTA, yeah. PTA. I love it. I can't say things right. <laughs> no, but so, they're, you know, they, they, fit into the stereotype right? right like those those shoulder pads were something Oof. else oh <laughs> and now now laura with the smile in the beginning of the movie that was a good smile but i'm telling you the one that has the best smile ever is the random bimbo uh who asked her if she was a therapist because that was one of the actresses um that was around major league baseball with the smile uh yeah i think the character's name is stephanie She's she her smile was great. I loved her in that. I mean, well, like also well timed too. Like uh huh yeah. I, I thought it was great. Like during this this huge freak out event of of just horrible trauma, that that entity's just enjoying every bit of it, and he doesn't uh or it doesn't um hide the fact either. Let you know let you know that it's having a great time. It's having a great time. So this so she gives the box to um uh, to the boy. I'm sorry. The boy picks his own box up. And of course, I'm the guy in the theater saying in front of the coworkers out loud, the cat's in the box. And then a couple of the girls that are cat lovers, like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I was like, mustache is dead. He got shaved off. Mustache is dead. And he opens up the box. And he's like, what the heck is this? Pulls out. Mustache is dead. So question for you. Now, this is where I thought the movie was going to go in a completely different direction. And this is one of the issues that I had for you with editing. The night that she put together uh, the, 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 the present for him, right? That was the night that the, um, that the, the security system went off and stuff like that. Now, when she was asleep, did the entity take the train thing out, kill the cat, and put the cat in and wrapped it? Or where I thought this movie was going, she was so psychologically damaged that she did that herself. I, I, I think – what we're supposed to what I got is that this thing is able to mess with her mind so much that it's able to have her do things and have her forget them or, you know what I mean? Like really take control almost. Okay. Uh, of, of her, because I mean, this is a person who, you know, thinks she's in one place or thinks she's getting a phone call and then she's not, um, right. because of, of the mind. And then, Oh, they even explained in the dialogue, right? Uh, it was after the closet scene or something like that, um, where it, it was like, uh, oh, but your mind makes it real. Yeah, so I want to talk about the closet scene. I'm a grown 35-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. I, I have not felt so uneasy since we reviewed The Haunting of Hill House. Remember that back in the day? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no, this was a great scene. 
oh, this was great, dude. She was she was she was on the computer looking up information, right? And then she kind of hears something to you know to her left, you know, coming out of the closet or whatever. She just slowly closes the, yeah. uh, the screen down. She rolls over so she doesn't see it, and the thing is standing in the background, yeah, just like help me, help me, or whatever it's doing. I'm just like. Ah, <laughs> I was awesome because that's like every like kid's nightmare, right? The the whispers are is what does it for me, you know. Not not even just the person standing in the in the doorway, which of course is going to be freaky in itself, right. but just those those like soft, gentle little whispers of like, "Come here," you know. Oh right. God, that was that was uh, right. great. That's usually what what gets me. It, it was, sends it, you know, going down my back is something like that. Right. Um, I thought that was great. It's great little little detail. And the other uh, the the comment again about the sound is because it's dead silent right now. Yeah. And in that first part of the movie, because of all the the sound and all the noise that was happening, because it changed quite frequently. Yes. Um, even the the title uh, sequence where it was like the strobing, um, and di- different sound effects, and it's just like kind of a lot. It's almost trained you to to kind of again pay attention to the sound. And yeah. now we're at a point where there's no, there's not any sound. And yeah, I noticed you're, that you're you're listening to the to the noises, to the creaks, to the right, you know, um, to the house noises and to the whispers. And that's right. It's good. It, it's it's the play to that sense is um is pretty good. Well, now we also um find out uh, that Rose herself is 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 seeing somebody. I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like an idiot. Is who she's seen a therapist or a psychiatrist? What's what's the difference? Um, one can prescribe drugs. Is that right? Right. So is she seen a, a she's psychiatrist? A psych- she's a psychiatrist. She's a she's roses. A, yes, and she's a she's a doctor. Um, she's so also her, going to see her therapist. But she asked her therapist to prescribe her medication. Yes. So is that a psychiatrist? Well, is one. Like is a, she's private practice. I I don't. I don't. Know. I was just I, I just in a hospital like... and like <laughs> doing like you know working. I, I yeah. Again, I don't know what the difference. I just don't want somebody who's listening to the episode going. It's a therapist, you jerk. You know. Um, well, I got anyway. the I got the rules right. I, as far as what they do, I, I don't know. But um, Doctor Madeline Northcott is Rose's therapist. Now, see, I like this actress. So uh, Rose goes there. And this is where you find out that Rose had some trauma. I said a little bit at the beginning, but it's becoming more uh, prevalent now in the middle of the movie here, where Rose had the sister, uh, Rose and her sister. Her sister's older. Her sister moved out of the house. So Rose was stuck at the house. Her mom was going crazy. We don't know what. I thought it was going to pay it off at the end. I thought that the mom was haunted by um, Smile. I guess it was called the entity Smile. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought. Uh, but then, uh, you know, so she has this trauma, blah, 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 blah. So now the next part is, is that she goes to her ex-boyfriend because her fiance is complete jerk. Right. And by the way, Rose is right. Right. I mean, they're going to be married, right. You're supposed to confine every little thing to this partner of yours. And he's telling her what I like about this actor is that while she's telling the story, you can just tell that he was getting disappointed in his face and it kept on going and going and going. So um, I liked how he just is like, nope, don't want anything involved with it. She gets her ex-boyfriend cop to help her and she starts doing research, starts doing digging. This is the ring moment, right? This is where we're going to find why this thing is coming after us. And they find out that this thing is a trail, right? What we find out, and please stop me if I'm getting this wrong, 
is again what is called the entity smile for everybody that's listening. So smile infects somebody, tortures them, kills them within a week. Now it could be a day, two days, whatever, but kills them generally within a week. And so four around four to seven, I think is the average. Four to seven. And what happens is um it, it takes over the person, and then the person has to be around another person to witness it, and then they kill themselves a la the happening style. Uh -huh. we, just, we just see them kill themselves, right? Yes. Am I right so far? So there's this huge trail. So she eventually goes to the professor's house, who was Laura, the college girl in the beginning, goes to her professor's house to talk to the, his wife to figure this out, right? To figure right. this out. Guy goes crazy. He paints all these pictures of smile, blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? Standard stuff. So she goes to prison because they found out there's one guy that survived. Yeah. Okay. So did but, you – But he um, – yeah, he survived by kind of a, a different way here. Right. So how did he survive in a different way? Um. The trail goes back, what did he said, like 20 cases, he's, he said, uh, and he stopped from there. But uh, this guy still lives because everyone d uh, has died when they were kind of in this. But he lived, and uh, he's currently in jail. And he lived because instead of killing himself, he killed somebody else. Um, but he killed somebody else in front of somebody else. And that witness, who's traumatized by the event, got smile. Uh, and and not this guy. Now, see, I dig that. Uh, we're getting close to the end here, so but I dig that. His name's Robert Talley. I liked him too because he was sitting there talking to her, right? And she was like, uh, you know, hey, my student or my patient, or whatever. And then as soon as he finds out that she has smile, he flips out. Yeah, you know, because smile could come after him. So that so right there, that kind of sets it up for you as the audience, right? That's what makes you afraid or not afraid. Like I can leave the movie theater knowing I'm okay as long as I don't see a murder. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about before we get to the end here, Eric, is what I thought was bad editing, uh, but I guess it kind of makes sense because Smile needs an audience, right? Is she goes home and the doctor shows up, her therapist shows up. And there's, she's sitting there talking, and boom, therapist becomes smile because she gets a phone call from her actual therapist and smiles like stalking her, puts his hands on its mouth. So the bad thing is after the hand of the mouth, right, it cuts, and then she's like completely fine. So is that because it just vanishes because there's no audience? Yeah, I'm I, – I know exactly what you meant. Like that was kind of like a – you you left that open like oh did so did it just end like what what happened like there was no right. resolution to that so I I'll just assume that yeah it was just another torment where it got real close and then probably like she snapped out of it and just had a, another break moment there gotcha we did it, we uh, kind of skipped over it I want to talk about one more thing before the climax and that is what I feel the greatest scare in the movie which is when um, she's talking to her sister out on the front porch, and when she gets done arguing with her sister, she gets in her car, and her sister comes out, knocks on the door in her head. Yeah. Goes down. That, was, that, that was pretty cool. That was cool. That was real good. That was a good scare. Uh, I, I, well, we're going to, you know, the other scare, that uh, there's, so, there are a lot of them here. There's a lot of jump scares in this, right. which I think is, is probably the value of this movie. Um, 
is that uh, because of the sound design and, and the jump scares, it really just made it its own. Um, right. I, I, I think that that was good on them. Uh, the, um, the scene after this, where she goes to the hospital uh, after she's tormented by her therapist with a, with a knife, and she's like, all right, well, she's obviously at a breaking point, and she's going there with the intention to kill Carl. Right. Um, yeah, so that was kind it, of a mess. She stabs him and he starts giggling. That was awesome. That was a messed up scene, and then Cal Penn rips his face off. Right, there's a lot of face ripping off. And then all the, right. the, 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 the scare I wanted to talk about when is she's in the car when she snaps out of that, that visual, and it's Cal Penn. Um, you know, like, hey, what the hell's going on? That jump scare where it jumps from him to Carl, like a bloody mouth car real quick, and then she right. freaks out and she drives off. Um, that was a good jump scare, too. Yeah, I thought it was a good jump scare. Like, there, there was a lot of good jump scares. Oh, and by the way, people, when we say jump scare, we're not talking the traditional sense where there's a loud bang or a music note. It's just there, which, which I kind of— It's a fast of, cut. Like, yeah, it's a fast cut, which I enjoyed. Um, all right, so the big climactic ending is she finds out that Smile needs an audience. It will torture you. It will drive you batshit crazy, but as long as you are alone, it cannot kill you to go to somebody else because it needs an audience, right? It needs a host. So we all know what's going to happen, right? But she goes to this old, this old beat-up farmhouse. She goes to her mom's room. She has a conversation with her ghost mom. Finds out that her mom asked her for help after she took pills. She didn't help. She shut the door and walked away. So she has that trauma and that guilt. Um, now, since I said that, Eric, I have one more question for you. Um, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the whole purpose of Smile, like the entity itself. But I'm wondering if there's ever going to be a sequel if this thing haunts people that have childhood trauma. Because we had her as childhood trauma. We don't know if the mom was tortured by Smile or not. But then they made it a point to where she left her sister's house and she was freaking out. The camera then painted on the seven-year-old boy staring at her out the window. So does that mean when he gets older because he has trauma? Uh, uh, that could be it too. Or it could just be like a tension breaker moment because she's freaking out in the car and he's looking at her just like, whoa, what? Like something's wrong with my aunt. Okay. Or I was just curious if maybe no, no, I can get this but, movie credit. No, no, no. Uh, this could completely because it it sets up a lot of pieces for for a sequel for sure. Um, it does. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I mean, there's there's a point as as you know when watching this movie where you're thinking to yourself that okay, Smile is winning, right? Like the research right. isn't coming fast enough. She's not getting any answers to anything here. She's no. not. She doesn't know where to go. I'm like, I, I would be in the same way. Just like, I don't know what the hell to do. It looks like I'm, it looks like I'm going to die. So it's just like one of those where she's trying to go to the house just to where she thought, oh, I'll just, I'll go to the house. And thinking like, all right, well, you're probably at the same point where I am, where it's just like, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to piece, you know, be able to beat this thing. But I do realize that uh, the one, uh, the one common denominator is that it it needs an audience, and so if I go right. to the house, then maybe I can just kill myself or let have it kill me, and we can just end it right there, or right. or I'll wait it out, or or whatever the the thing is going to be. Um, right. So that's what I thought was was going was going to happen, but still like accepting like this girl's dead. This yeah, girl's, no, she's. This, 
Yeah, dead. it's dead. And so um, all of a sudden, the mom turns into the old woman from It too. Oh boy, this was big, uh, yeah, kind big, of tall, Babadook's mom there. Right, and um, she she's fighting with the thing, breaks its arm, sets it on fire with kerosene. She has she's won. She's excited. You know, she goes back, talks to her boyfriend, and all of a sudden, the boyfriend, which is the cop. He starts to smile. This whole thing was in her head, and this is my biggest complaint of the movie that I really wanted to talk to you about. I hate this ending for two reasons. The reason why I hate this ending is because I hate movies like this where this is not a beginning, middle, and end for a character. Really? This is just, oh, this is another. Out of all those 20 cases, this is the one person that we're following. Right. So it's kind of like, oh, I spent this whole time investing myself into this character and she's dead anyway. That kind of annoys me. Number two, why I don't like I don't like the way it looks, because what happens is, is that smile is this big, tall thing. It was all in her head just to get the cop boyfriend there to witness the death. And it kind of like paralyzes her, kind of like it in a way. And he pries her mouth open, kind of remind me of Freddy Krueger and uh, Wes Craven's new Nightmare. Remember that? Yeah. Pries her mouth open and proceeds to go inside of her. I, I didn't like this stuff. Did you? I, I, I mean, at this point, like, I don't know what's what to expect, you know. But it fits what they were describing earlier, where there's a point where the person stops being that person and they become this thing instead and right. so i guess that's obviously when it when it, when it happened and right. you become the thing by getting your jaw disconnected and having it climb inside of your mouth which is stupid i mean i mean like this mouth contorts well is, i'd rather have it that way than the other <laughs> and then a boyfriend breaks in and she is dumping kerosene on herself she turns around with the smile on her face, lights the match. Boyfriend sees the death, so this thing is going to be a vicious circle. Um, let's get your popcorn ratings on this one. Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Smile? Um, I, I like this movie. I did. Uh, I think it's a solid medium. Um, it, it, it really is. I think it's, it's good for, the, for Halloween. Uh, I, I like a movie that gets me back into the theaters. I think this thing, it just worked. Um, any problem that we that I had with it, I think we had already talked about it here. Right. Uh, just kind of the things that didn't really make sense, um, the kind of the extra scenes or the fluffer that didn't really need to to be there. But I mean, the things that made it work, I think we praised well enough. Um, I can't get enough of it. I know it's going to be hard to follow if they do a sequel. A lot of people are comparing it to this movie to every other scary movie that they've seen before. Uh, namely, It Follows and The Ring um, are the two big ones that are, even on the Wikipedia, it's, it says that, which, I, I mean, of course, it sounds very much like it. Uh, it takes the, the good parts of It Follows and the good parts of The Ring and kind of, even um, in The Ring, the, uh, the, uh, the, the body reveals. Right. You know, the way it would just kind of jump, show a dead body on the, uh, on the tray, and then cut back into the story. Just kind of a quick little gore flash there um, seemed to happen a lot. But again, it, it did jump. This movie was a jump scare movie. And I think that's um, a great genre to be in. It's hard to do. 
they they did it well. I again, uh, the runtime maybe was something you could have. It did. It certainly felt like two hours. <laughs> yeah, it did. It it went on for too long. Uh, because again, uh, I, but was it, it might have been necessary because there's this woman who's trying and she's getting nowhere, and so it's almost like I, I'm getting you know my spirit's dying with hers. So I I, <laughs> I, I think I like that. I would be uh, interested to see if they do something like a sequel. Um, I, I'm open to them making it more of like a, like a drag me to hell comedy rather than it being kind of like this, uh, the sequel that is, um, because I think there's potential for it there. Right. When you have a, a movie that's a little bit ridiculous like this, um, or it can be, uh, then a little tension breaking joke or, or kind of funny moment doesn't, doesn't hurt. Um, which I think they had a few, but, uh, yeah, overall I, I liked it. I, I, recommend it um i think it's just short of making it better though it's you know right. it, it was it's there well you know i was trying to compare this to the movie that we watched around this time last year that we really end up praising which was malignant yeah and uh i was trying to be okay how is this better different than malignant my short version is i'm getting this a medium too uh after the movie was over with all of us stayed in the seats and we waited to the credits to be over with because we were all critiquing it and the co-workers were like on your podcast what's your rating scale and i told them what it was some of them said small some of them said medium the people that gave it a small said because editing and the story didn't make sense and they didn't like the ending um but i but I agree with what you're saying, Eric. Everything that we praised about it, we've already said. Everything we said negative about it, we've already said. I think in this day and age where I think horror is starting to get another renaissance, I think this is a good solid medium. And I think this is something you should check out. Like if if you like Ring or if you like, I don't know, any other kind of horror movie, you could Conjuring, check this out. It, it's something that, that you would like. It, it feels just a bit more... Um... A simple story of just like a ghost following you seems to work more than a very intricate monster background, you know, like, oh, this was a monster that was born in the caves of underneath. It just seems like that's a, a bit ridiculous rather than this. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to ask all, yeah. uh, you need to ask the right questions. You don't need right. to get the answers always. You just need to ask the right questions. Um, what is this thing? Just like I, I really don't know, but this is this is what it does, and this is what we're gonna find out. And then the movie then tries to find out, doesn't have enough time to find out, and you're on the clock, buddy. That's you know like an escape room. If if you don't get it you in time, you're not gonna done. you're not getting out. Well, Eric, I have a question for you. If you think that you walked down a street one day and you got mugged by thugs and died, would your ghost follow Sarah and create clay pots together? Oh, well, yeah, of course. I tell her that she's in danger, girl. Ah, there we go. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can find us at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. But like I always said, you're not there. You're on your phone. You're on your tablet. You're listening to us on your car. So check us out wherever you get your podcast from. We are on. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening to us. And we'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode. Have a good night.